Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker and I are on the precipice of ranking the top 10 best contracts in the NHL as we start this edition of OT Hockey Talk. Justin, how's it going? I feel like it's, uh, it's it's been a minute. We've, you know, I've taken a vacation. You've, uh, you know, you're, you're just working away. I don't know. Have you ever, have you done anything fun lately or are you just power washing your house? Yeah, just, just a little power wash. I cut down a few trees. Uh, last oh, that's week fun. Too, so that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Bought a chainsaw and, uh, yeah, cut down a few trees. Sweet. Enjoyed that. Yeah. That's, that's always a good time. Cutting down a tree where there's like, it's pure rough cut. Just go ham and take some aggression out on a tree. That's pretty right. fun. How, how, uh, Next. how wide are we talking? Are we talking like some, some big thick ones or we oh, like no. a bunch of like, little ones? Yeah. Like six, eight inches at the most. So okay. yeah, some okay. tiny guys. So you, but you got, you got some for the, for the old fireplace. Do you have a fireplace in your house? I don't think you do. do we you? got a fire pit. A fire no, pit. No okay. Fireplace. Fire pit. Yes. The same, same thing. We're in Michigan. You can use a fire pit anytime. You can, you Absolutely. can have, for some reason, only in Michigan, though, you can have a bonfire <laughs> when it's 85 degrees outside. It's funny. So we're, uh, so as you know, I'm sure the, the, you know, the, the two listeners we have, uh, probably don't know this, but so I'm selling my house right now. We had to get a certificate of occupancy over here from the city. And so the guy that came over with, uh, he looked at our fire pit and apparently, so the, the guy who owned it before us, he just basically dug a hole, put a bunch of, uh, blocks, concrete, whatever you want to call it around and basically made this makeshift fire pit, right? Didn't go out and buy one from home Depot or anything like that. So we legit had this guy over to inspect the house for the CFO. He comes over and looks at that. He's just like, uh, that's a flower bed, right? I'm like, sorry, what flower bed? He's like, yeah, just make sure you put a potted flower in there before I come back for the second (laughs) inspection. (laughs) You have to get a certificate of occupancy before you sell your house. Yeah, I mean, technically you don't have to. Sometimes I see them online where you can, uh, you know, the that the buyer has to get the CFO, but basically you have to get it before you can. Um, Weird. Yeah, we, I guess we've never get, had we we never had to do that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a Garden City thing, but I think it's probably yeah. is a Garden. I guess Livonia, though. No, <laughs> I've I've never heard of anybody having to do that. That's interesting. Yeah, weird. Yeah, we didn't have to have anything. Well, anyways, you know, as much as uh, you know, we'll start a real estate podcast next. Uh, there but, you go. <laughs> but we'll we'll stick to hockey. We'll stick to what we know. Uh, I'm I'm really excited for today's show because there are some fantastic contracts out there. There are also some some really terrible ones uh, that I'm sure you know maybe get get mentioned throughout the episode in, in comparisons for some things. Uh, this is this is a really interesting list because you have some. I mean. I don't know about your list, but I have some really great players on this list, and uh, and and maybe some of the the players who appear here will surprise people uh, because you're thinking best contracts. You're almost thinking like who's the best bargain, right? Like pretty similar, probably could interchangeable title for this episode: best bargains. And even so, the best bargains, as far as I can tell, are still some fantastic players and so i i'm excited to to dive into this and and look at your list and so i guess with that said uh how did you determine who would make your list what were your what were some of your factors yeah so first off like entry level deals throw them out the window right because obviously you could look at a guy like now again guys that have signed contract extensions i did take that into account too but 
you know, for instance, like when you look at a guy over the last couple of years, like Kale McCarr, right? As far as bargain is concerned, I mean, it's through yep. the roof. Right? Yeah, and you're and you're um, lot, like it, you don't have a choice. That's the contract you have to sign in the right. beginning. So it's not like you got a particularly better deal than someone else would have gotten on a player of similar caliber in his first three years. Exactly. So threw that one right out the window, and basically, you know, a lot of I guess I would say arbitration type deals I threw out the window as well because a lot of times it's it's basically that um, you know players and you know at, it, players and teams they basically go in low ball high ball and then they just end up somewhere in the middle so it's not really true negotiating in my opinion but uh so i did take that into account when looking at some player deals now um luckily for me none of my pe- none of the people on my list actually had arbitration type contracts but uh as far as production's concerned i also looked at you know again what kind of points are you producing what the cost per point is um also what they mean to the team right so because you could have a player who basically doesn't really produce a lot like a uh, a brett pesci for example but he means so much to that team where he is just a rock solid defenseman back there so he could have made the list just because of that so very true again yeah some of the things i took into account and then of course too you know i mean you can look at guys and just think okay cool this guy's you know putting up 100 points and he's getting paid 10 million dollars but this guy putting up 100 points is only getting paid six so you know that weighs into it too okay i like it i i definitely i i used some of you know some of the of course the fancy stats and like what a certain player how many wins a certain player brings to the table um, that definitely, you know, there's the formula to determine how many, how many wins that particular player brings about per, per year or, you know, over the length of the contract that, that factored in, there's of course, plenty of lists out there where you can find, uh, you know, different people's measurements for how they determine some of these. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I kind of went through a bunch of those lists. I, I kind of made, I made my own order and also went beyond maybe what, uh, like, oh, hey, this guy had a really good year and his, his contract was low. Okay, but like, what difference did he make as not just in the regular season, but also in the playoffs, which which does, you know, adjust some things because when you're talking playoffs, you know, we, of course, you know, okay, we you got Austin Matthews, you have Mitchell Marner and, and Connor McDavid and three of the highest paid players in the league who are, in terms of the amount of points that they had, probably about where they should be paid in terms of their regular season contribution. But then when you go to the playoffs and you see what they've been able to do in the playoffs, uh, I think you have to weigh that towards what they ultimately bring as a whole and not just, well, they do really well in the regular season and that's really what they're being paid for. No, they're, they're being paid because you hope that they can do what they do in the regular season, at least to some extent in the playoffs. And there really hasn't been much to that extent. Uh, so that that factored in as well. Uh, well, with that said, shall we jump right into your uh, to your number ten, or do you have any like yeah. just missed your list kind of guys? Um, yeah, you know what? I do actually have one just missed that I put on there, and that is uh, Mark Shifley from the Winnipeg Jets. Okay, yeah, Mark Shifley. It's a good, good. Yeah, uh, a guy who easily could be you know in the top five. I've seen on a, on a few lists. I mean, if you look at what he's getting paid, roughly you know, $6 million to be a number one center in the NHL and just literally what he brings to that team. And you saw when he wasn't there in the lineup in the playoffs, how dysfunctional that, that team was and how, you know, lackluster they look. So at 6.125 for a guy, 
for another three years, they're getting just such good value out of a guy who can put up a point per game. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, more than a point per game player. I mean, he was on pace for like 90 points again. So uh, definitely a, it's, it's sad. Some of these guys like Mark Shifley, I'd say is like probably at the end of his prime. Like he's just, maybe he's got another year or two of this high, high level, but it's sad. The last two seasons have kind of been very shortened. And so we, you know, you're not going to see those guys get to their full potential, but at the same time, so players have had lockouts and plenty of other things to deal with over, over the years. So, uh, there's, there's all sorts of potential things that get in the way there, but, uh, yeah, let's, uh, okay. Let's, let's go to your number time. I, di- I didn't have any, just missed my list. I just started right out. So let's, let's go your number okay. 10. Yeah. Uh, number 10 was a guy who I actually looked at and weighed more heavily on the fact of what he means to his team. And that's Mackenzie Weger. Um, okay. might be a bit of a shocker yeah for some people to see his name hit the list but uh, that's why I love these they are subjective and right I'm sure you and I are going to have very different lists but um, yeah Mackenzie Weger from the Florida Panthers 27 year old playing top line minutes on defense uh, alongside Aaron Eckblag at 3.25 million dollars for a top two defenseman in my opinion this guy could easily go on just about any team in the NHL and be a top two maybe number three defenseman um if you look at his stats what was crazy to me and i didn't didn't even realize i mean one he is up there as far as points um you know cost per point he is up there with some of the best i mean literally cost per point for a guy like him is only ninety thousand dollars per point which is phenomenal when you look at a guy like for example um you know looking at jacob verona right on my detroit red wings 93 grand a point so there's another really good deal but um, beyond that, this what this guy means defensively to the Florida Panthers, let alone the the good production he brings offensively. He actually started this year 60% of his draws in the defensive zone. Uh, last year, 57% in the defensive zone. So this guy is supposed to be a defensive player who just somehow managed to find an offensive game over the last couple of years, and he just has been, uh, you know, helping carry that back end when you look outside of Aaron, you know, Eckblad. Yeah, well, yeah, and and what was Keith Yandel beforehand, who was right. putting up some good points too. Uh, well, I'm I'm sticking. I, I like that pick. I I definitely I did not consider Mackenzie Weger at, at all. So I, I love I love it because there's just there's so many options here, uh, and and there's so many potential areas of a game that aren't as quantifiable as others. Like forwards are a little bit easier, I think to do this list than defensemen because you know, you have, you have, all right, Hey, he, like to a certain extent, how many goals you score and how many you help to put into the net plays a huge factor in how much you're going to get paid. So yep. if, if you're not doing either one of those, you're, you're probably not that effective and therefore you're not going to get paid or you're, you're, salary your contract is not going to be seen as a high high bargain uh for which i am going with my number 10 another florida panther mind you but uh maybe you have him higher on your list but i'm going carter varhage uh now i i know he you know he's he has one year left on his deal his current deal at at one million dollars he signed a a two-year two million dollar deal one million dollar cap hit uh, for Carter Verhage and his extension at 4.1 million for three years, I think caught like 
it caught some people going, whoa, wow, you're gonna you're like really paying Verhage off of one shortened season. Uh, granted, a season where he was on pace for 69 points. And if you look at other players that are putting up 69 points, I mean, that's, for all intents and purposes, that's at least a $7 million player. Uh, if right. he, if he, you know, if over the course of an 82-game season, he, he put up 69 points regularly. But he did this one time. He went from, like, barely a fourth-line player with the Tampa Bay Lightning to a, you know, playing with with Barkov, playing with some, some really, really great players. And I think that that definitely helped him but at the same time when he was separated from other talent he still did pretty well uh so i i gotta put him on this list he he may not end up being a guy who's gonna put up 69 points but at, even at 4.1 million the way that he played this year do i think that he's capable of putting up 45 to 50 for the, the next three to four years i i i do I, I think that he is capable of that, and especially with this $1 million deal. I mean, cost per point last year, $27,000 a point. And uh, cost per goal, 55555 which is second in the league only to Connor Sheary, who was at 52000 a goal. So, uh, and, he, and he had by far the most goals out of anybody in the in that top stretch so uh i i gotta give it to uh to carter verhage at number 10 i love it all right beautiful all right let's go number nine who do you have all right from the st louis blues left winger david perron um this guy to me is probably someone who's slid under the radar as far as you know underrated players are concerned i mean at four million dollars david perron has been i mean just a steal for the blues especially considering the fact that he's essentially been you know over the last you know of course last year put up over a point per game uh on pace for essentially you know an 85 to 90 point season uh but last year 60 points in 71 games year before 46 and 57 year before that with you know vegas i mean he had 66 points in 70 games so he's almost nearing a point per game pace over the last four seasons and he's doing that especially in st louis over the last three in a situation where he doesn't have true elite playmaking centers so i mean yes Braden shin and ryan o'reilly are fantastic centers but these are guys who are you know more well-rounded for their defensive aspects and their their ability to check and uh you know play both ends of the ice versus their true playmaking ability like your you know your nathan mckinnon's and Connor mcdavid's or what have you so to be able to you know outpace you know their centerman on the wing like that is rather impressive and only getting paid four million dollars to me is fantastic and the stat that stood out the most for me that made me want to put him on the list was when i look at point per game per 60 minutes he finished 13th in the league ahead of guys like alexander barkov Sidney crosby mitch marner and so to be able to do that with the limited amount of ice time he gets is just phenomenal for me at four million bucks okay yeah i, I like it um uh, didn't have David Perron on my list either, so it's just I love it. I love I've it, it's very rare when we have lists where we're very different, um, so I, right. I I enjoy it. Uh, my number nine is the first of three players from this team that will appear on Ooh. my list, and uh, the first is Samuel Gerard, defenseman for the Colorado Avalanche. Another six years. At $5 million, and he's a number one defenseman. 
for in in pretty much every single statistic that you can find he is up there with other number one defensemen and uh i, I mean 32 points in 48 games you're, you're talking about somebody who's on pace for a 50 point season as a defenseman they're getting five million dollars he's getting five million dollars and that's five million for the next six years like by the end of that deal he'll be 29 years old and that deal will will look unbelievable like that deal is going to be uh it's, it's going to be one of those deals that you go holy crap like that's matthias ekholm kind of holy crap like what was Matthias Ekholm making like three point five million dollars, <laughs> right? Forever, it's uh, he's still making three point five million dollars, right? Uh, and and even now when he, Matthias Ekholm is is dipping, it still looks great. Like those are the kind of deals that you want because you don't want at the end of the deal like a lot of deals where you go, well, we're overpaying that guy now, but that's what we had to do in order to get him during his prime. You don't have to do that with Samuel Gerrard. He's going to be still incredibly effective and likely still at number one defenseman type numbers at the end of that deal. And in six years, 2026, 27 season, I I wonder like who's making $15 million a year at that point. Like Connor McDavid's probably going to be making close to $15 million a year. And Samuel Gerrard, a number one defenseman, will be making $10 million a year less than that. Uh, so <laughs> I, I love that deal. And Samuel Gerrard is kind of the like, yes, Kale McCarr is the guy there. But Kale McCarr isn't Kale McCarr without Samuel Gerrard. No, I agree. Just like, I mean, I, I look at a guy like uh, Quinn Hughes in Vancouver, right? And you look at how good he was when he had that defensive partner there that flew off to Calgary and Nate Schmidt. And so, uh, yeah, he's just not the same without him. And so I think Kale McCarr is in a similar situation that, that he flourishes because of a guy like Samuel Girard. Well, yeah, and I mean, what de- what defenseman isn't going to flourish from playing with another really good defenseman? I mean, right. yes, exactly. yes, Victor Hedman is fantastic, but look at the other defensemen that he has on his team. Not even necessarily that he's playing with Ryan McDonough, but the fact that there's Ryan McDonough that gets to go out on the ice instead of him. You know, you're not... You're not having to be out on the ice all the time, so you don't have to play quite as much as maybe a guy who uh, who's on a team where there's just nothing else behind him. And so, right. I, I, and not to mention, hey, you know, you get to, who you get to play with certainly has a a big factor, especially who you get to pass the puck to up front. That always helps too. <laughs> uh, I imagine that there's a, there's at least one Colorado Avalanche on your list, so I'll I'll, yes. I'll await I'll await when we. We hear that name. Uh, number eight, who do you have? Yeah, I'm going to stick with defensemen here. I got a, I got a, quite a few of them early on in my list here. But uh, at number eight, I have Shea Theodore from the Vegas Golden Knights coming in at number eight for me. Um, I mean, this guy, what's not to be said? I mean, I've, I've been thinking for the last couple of years since he pretty much came out of Vegas that first year that he was going to be a Norris candidate here pretty soon. And uh, last two seasons, he's finished sixth in Norse voting. So I think it's only a matter of time before a guy like him, um, you know, gets up there as far as, you know, votes go. But, um, I mean, listen, this year on pace for 65 points over an 82 game stretch. So, uh, phenomenal production from an offensive standpoint, but then you look at what he's able to do, um, as far as possession numbers are concerned, uh, coming in, you know, at 5.2 million bucks, 
Um, this guy is a real bargain. I mean, his course, he has been over 60% for the last three seasons. And you think too, you know, I thought, okay, great. You know, Alex Petrangelo comes in, he's going to steal a lot of minutes from Shea Theodore, but really that, that wasn't the case. He was still playing the same consistent minutes, same consist, consistent offense and defensive zone starts. So this guy, essentially his role didn't change. He didn't really, uh, have to do anything different this year other than continue to be his normal self and, uh, listen, at $5 million for a guy who is, in my opinion, considered a top 10 defenseman in this league is quite a bargain when you look at what some oh. teams like the New Jersey Devils and, you know, Edmonton Oilers just paid out for some of their top defensemen. I mean, gosh, you're just you're paying half that for for more production and better defensive, you know, zone starts. I mean, yeah, a uh, steal. Absolutely. And, and the fact that that deal goes to 2024-25. Like, right. I mean, it's going to go right through his prime. 30 years old and it's done and then you know you could bring him back or you could not and and you're you're fine you know that's that's again not a deal that's going to look bad in four years and absolutely that's uh, he's number he's number seven on my list so uh it's uh yeah not surprising that he appeared here on on your list either we're finally we're finally matching up here on one of them uh (laughs) the the other thing about shea theodore and and his deal was and and I think before Petrangelo signed, the reason they could do a deal like they did for Petrangelo at eight point eight million a year was because they had such a good deal for Shea Theodore. Like if they had even had a couple million higher, where it probably should be, it should probably at least be in the like seven and a half, eight million range. And if it had been that, no Petrangelo. So it makes that deal even sweeter, the fact that they, because of his great bargain deal, they're able to bring in a better defenseman, which in turn makes him even better. Absolutely. So it, there are lots and lots of reasons to uh, to love that deal. Uh, my number seven, or I'm sorry, my number eight, uh, like I said, I said Theodore's my seven. Uh, my number eight, I did have one, one entry-level deal because it's it's not even fair. How is it fair to have Adam Fox still on an entry level deal? Like it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, I don't hate it. I I mean, the guy is, I mean, look, Norris, Norris winner. He won the Norris trophy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's he's what the the second defenseman in NHL history to win the award before starting their third NHL season. I, I wow. think the other one is has got to be Bobby Orr, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, you would think so. Let me. I'm going to look that up right now. Yeah i i saw it I saw it somewhere that oh yeah he was the he was the second one, but I don't think yeah. the article actually said that said who it was. So. Yeah, Bobby Orr won two by his third season. Yeah, of course he did. (laughs) Unreal. Uh, So, I mean, how can I not include a guy who, hey, let's, you know, and it's, I don't think that he has, as as far as I know, when he signed that deal, I I don't think that he has huge bonuses available to himself. I guess he has 850,000 in bonuses that he can hit. So, I mean, the most that his cap hit becomes is pretty still pretty minimum like another 1.775 i think with bonuses so i mean that's just an unbelievable deal for, yeah. for a guy who wins the norris i mean it's it's crazy to think how you know even even 2019 
20 season, he had a really nice, like a really great year. I mean, 42 points in 70 games. And that was, of course, his like his coming out, coming out of out of Harvard and and showing up and and being really a on that second pairing and and then twenty twenty one season just takes off forty seven points in fifty five games and I mean when he was on the ice the Rangers were in such a great position uh, even without Panarin for a while they he looked fantastic and that's he was their best player. And with Panarin on that team, with how much Panarin's making, I mean, it just, it allows them to do so much. And it's, you know, it's it's kind of surprising in some ways that uh, that maybe they haven't made more moves to try and go, well, we could capitalize on this. I know they brought in Barkley Goodrow, but uh, I know they're, they're crossing their fingers that Lafreniere is the Adam Fox of last year. Like, can he find himself and, and appear on this next list next year where you go, we can't keep him off this, even though it's his entry level deal. It's not even fair. Uh, your first overall pick and really your second overall pick haven't been as unreal as you maybe would hope. Uh, so the Rangers in an interesting position there, but uh, anyways, Adam Fox, my number eight. Uh, I said Theodore was my seven. Who's your number seven? Yeah, number seven. I'm still sticking with uh, still sticking with defensemen here, and I got to go Victor Hedman. You love those defensemen. Um, I do. I mean, they just when you find the right one, man, they just bring such good value. Um, but yeah, I mean, this guy, honestly, there's not a lot that really needs to be said. Everybody knows how good he is. Um, but when I look at, for example, um, you know. The, the fact that he's considered, in my opinion, the best defenseman in the NHL, and even if you don't think of him that way, you got to easily put him in top three, top four conversation without a doubt. But his contract is actually the fourth, 14th highest paid defenseman contract in the NHL right now. I mean, he's got guys above him like Jacob Truba, John Carlson, uh, you know, Dougie Hamilton, P.K. Subban, and you look at the production those guys give you on both ends offensively and defensively. And you compare that to a guy like Victor Hedman, who is essentially in the Norris race every single year, not to mention that it's been that way for the last four or five years of his contract. And he's still got more years to go. This guy is just a home run as far as value goes for me. And I mean, granted Florida did kind of get a handicap because they don't have state tax. So they probably, you know, were able to talk him out of another million, million and a half dollars at the time of the signing. But Still, I mean, this is, you know, that's just Steve Eiserman for you right there. But um, just tremendous value as far as defensemen go. I mean, he he tops the list for me all the way. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, it's, I mean, it's hard. This is the point in my list where the, the dollar amount is some of these are like, oh yeah, I totally understand. I mean, that guy's way underpaid. And some of it is like, holy crap, that guy's paid a lot of money. But he's so damn good that right. <laughs> that like even two players can't make up what he makes up. So there there has to be some kind of like, hey, really great players are still underpaid because of how freaking good they are, and uh, that's that's Victor Hedman right there. I actually don't have Hedman on my list, uh, but totally commendable, like totally fine to have him on this list. Uh, I think there's probably quite a few Tampa Bay lightning players that could appear on, on this list. Uh, 
But my number six is actually the second highest paid player in the NHL. Um, oh, okay. And that is Austin Matthews is my number six. I was six. waiting to hear his li- his name on your list. All right. I mean, it's, it's hard to argue the fact that, I mean, as far as how what a player contributes to uh to his team winning games throughout the year matthews is like is one of the highest in the in the league i think he's second to uh to connor mcdavid he's like 5.1 wins just by himself which is an incredibly high number for one player i think i think connor connor mcdavid comes in a little bit higher but he's connor mcdavid it's just not fair but uh Matthew's deal, I don't think is good is as good as his, but I do think that it's still fantastic. Eleven point six million, and when you look at the contract that Sidney Crosby had when you know when he first signed his his like eight point seven million dollar deal, remember when he was you know when he was really in his prime when he signed that first that first time, and his deal was a huge percentage of the cap. I think it was like 17 point, 17.3% of the cap when he first signed that deal. And then the next deal was 14 and a half percent. And you look at Austin Matthews and Austin Matthews is like, Oh shoot. I had it here. Now I forget. I got to look it up. But Austin Matthews is, uh, is less than that. I think it's 11% of the cap. Something like that. Where are we here? Mm. Sorry, 14.3. It's 14.3. My bad. Uh, so 14.3 of the cap. So it's the same deal as Sidney Crosby. A slight 0.2% less uh, of the cap from this, from the second deal. That was Crosby's second deal, his 12-year deal that he signed. But his five-year deal, the one that he signed out of his entry-level deal, that was 17% of the cap. Wow. And, and you're looking at, you know, if you go, who do you want, Matthews or, or Crosby? I think that based on Crosby's playoff record, it's Crosby at this point. Granted, Matthews is still very young. He's, you know, he's been in the league for, what, five years now? Uh, I think that the the Bills still out on whether or not Matthews will be a good playoff producer because anything can happen. You know, Alex Ovechkin, it took him a little while, and then, bam, there he was in winning a cup. So it's... Uh, it can just be kind of random too, but I look at what Austin Matthews can do, his percentage of the cap, and how stinking good he is. Especially when you consider the fact that his specialty is just straight scoring goals. And if you yeah. if and you can me, score goals, that is the hardest thing to do in this league, and he does it better than anybody else. So he easily, I think, could be paid. I don't think that he would be overpaid if he was paid fourteen million a year. He could. I mean, he could. Yeah. Probably, he could just as easily be paid at the very top. Like I think the max is sixteen, sixteen something million. Uh, and and I think that him, Sidney Crosby, Leon Draisaitl, there's several players that could be paid that much, and they still would be underpaid based on what they do. Yeah, to me, uh, goals alone would just make his contract worth it, right? If he went out there and literally put up zero assists but still scored 40 goals, I would say, fine, I'm totally okay with that contract. So let alone to get another 25 points from assist right there, fine with me. And not not to mention, too, I mean, yes, he does need to work on a little bit of the defensive side of his game, but you keep scoring goals like this, I will turn a blind eye to that all day long. Right, right. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Okay, who is your number six? All right, number six. You kind of mentioned them there in your discussion, but I will go into it. Sidney Crosby, for me, comes in at number six. Um, okay. Again, I, I think early on in that contract, that $8.7 million cap hit, uh, you know, again, 
maybe would have qualified him for this list. Maybe not as high, but for me, uh, coming in, doing what he still does. I mean, listen, uh, the last four seasons, I mean, honestly, he's never had a season with less than a point per game. And so to keep continuously doing that at his age at 33, uh, finished fourth in Hart tro- Trophy voting this year. I mean, look, Jake Gensel is a product of Sidney Crosby. And he, I mean, don't get me wrong, Jake Gensel is a fantastic forward and could easily probably make, you know, a list here or there as far as best contracts are concerned. But to me, you know, he's not even in that conversation if he doesn't play with Sidney Crosby because of what he does both defensively and offensively. He is just so talented. I mean, Gosh, I wish right now we had Sidney Crosby, McDavid, and Pavel Dadzuk in their primes just to watch these three, you know, just legends go at it um, would be amazing for me right now. But obviously we're, you know, we're still talking about Sidney Crosby being one of the best players in the world. I think he's he's easily in that top five conversation without blinking an eye. I I totally agree. Um, yeah, I, I have him actually as my second, my number two. So I, I Wonderful. think he's just, he's that good at $8.7 million. I mean, I'll, I'll take that guy. Now, as that contract continues to age, I mean, I think it ends, his deal ends in 2024, 25. Uh, is it going to, yeah. that the, the only thing that, that, you know, you could argue really is, well, maybe that deal doesn't look as good that year. And so, you know, given best contracts, we'd like the contract to look good throughout the whole entire time. But I don't know that he slows down. <laughs> like, I think that he's, I don't think so he is going to be one of, like, we're talking top top 15 players in the NHL until he goes, you know what? I'm good. I'm out. I don't see right. Sidney Crosby <laughs> going, yeah, I'll be a fourth line role player. I don't see it happening. Because I think that he's, I think that he's, he could be like, like a Chara where he goes, oh, I'm going to play forever and I'm still going to be really, really good. Like I'm still going to be a first line player, maybe not the best in the league anymore, but a first line player. Yes. Like, is he always going to be better than Ryan Johansson? Yes. Always. Even at 45 years old, I think he would be better than Ryan Johansson at 30. Like that's, that's just how, so therefore he's in, he's a, he's a top line player. Uh, so he, yeah, he's my number two, a little bit higher up the list and, and maybe I'll dive into a little bit more why I have him so much higher, uh, once we get to our number twos. Uh, so he was your number six. Yep. Okay. Uh, who's your number five? Who do you get? Uh, number five, I have David Pasternak uh, from the Boston Bruins. Pasta. I know. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are going to talk about Brad Marchand's contract and, you know, what a value that is. But to me, I mean, I've said this time and time again on the show, but if you look at the numbers when when Pasta came in to the Bruins and formed that top line with Bergeron and Marchand, their numbers exploded because of this guy. And I think David Pasternak is the force that drives that line to be so productive offensively. Now, you know, Bergeron is definitely the force that drives it to be so good defensively to where they control the puck. But... Again, when you have a guy like this who is able and capable of scoring a thousand goals like he is, I mean, this guy, to me, he's he's right behind Ovi Matthews as far as, you know, and maybe even McDavid as far as best goal scorers in a league goal. I think this guy's right up there with, you know, in the best top five. Um, you know, honestly, if he played with, I mean, if he played with a true playmaking center like a Nathan McKinnon, this guy would easily put up 50 goals every year, no problem. I mean, last year he put up 48. Right. 
I mean, in a 70-game season, that was phenomenal production. And, I mean, there's a reason why he won the Richard Rocket Trophy last year, and I think he's more than capable well, two, of continuing two years ago. that type of two production. Two years ago. Don't take it away from right, Matthews. Right, two seasons ago. Sorry, not last year. Sorry. <laughs> well, take it away from my boy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you, you know, again, I, I still think that, again, he's the force that drives that line, and he's he's going to continue to drive any offense for Boston for the next, you know, however many years. And at $6.66 million for two more seasons, you're getting quite a steal because I know once he – renegotiates he's going to be up there in that 10 plus million dollar range i agree and uh you have posternock at number five i have marchand at number five but i also have bergeron at number five and i have posternock at number five (laughs) i just cheated i was just like how do i i love it i don't know how to value these players separate from each other i don't so to me they're like they just kind of go hand in hand. They've they've all given each other success. I'd say outside of like Patrice Bergeron, it like by himself is phenomenal uh, defensively, and and like could potentially win the Selkie every single year, no matter who he plays with. Uh, but those three together, I mean, at this point, you just can't separate what they're able to do together. And as a line, they're paid just over nineteen million a year. I mean, you look at. At what the like McKinnon when it or when you have uh, Matthews and Marner out on the ice, well, there's over to, over twenty million dollars just between two players, right. and that line of three three fantastic players. Like it's it's nice, you know. Hey, Marner, Matthews, and and maybe Hyman up there, or like yeah, obviously there's going to be a third guy to every line, and and for the Leafs at this point, it looks like that guy's going to be whoever gets up there is going to probably be somebody who's making like 2 million bucks a year. So yeah. Okay. You're going to tack that on onto the total too. But that third guy is like irrelevant, almost who you put with those two. They're, they're going to do their thing and somebody's going to get dragged along and hopefully be somewhat effective. Uh, but these three guys, they're all effective. They're all fantastic. They could all drive their own line, but they happen to all play together. So I don't know how to separate them. So I'm just putting them in at number five because they are as far as a line goes, they are the best value line in the NHL. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. No at all. doubt about that. Although uh, I could maybe reckon that my my two players here tied at number four might compete with that. Oh yeah, two uh, players again, tied at number four. I'm I'm I excited. To, yeah, I mean, and again, maybe I could cheat and and do a Mark Paul here and put him in a, at one number, <laughs> but I <laughs> I couldn't do it. I just I I couldn't do it. I think these guys are definitely two separate entities because I've watched them play without each other on different lines and they still manage to produce. So yeah. Are we, are we talking about Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid? No, no, no? not at all. Okay. Actually, I don't have both of those guys on my list, although I do have one up here. Okay. Um, but tied at number four for me is Sasha Barkov and Jonathan Huberdeau. Oh, okay. I, I don't yeah. have either of them on my list. So I, I am thoroughly disappointed. Well, you know, Barkov's deal is almost done. Sure. Yeah. Oh. But during the course of that deal at $5.9 million has been an absolute steal. Absolutely. I mean, he is, I mean, there's a reason. Okay. Listen, the guy has been the most underrated player in the NHL for the last, seems like decades since he walked into this league. But I mean, the guy is a force to be reckoned with as far as the ability to play so good offensively and defensively, um, you know, at both ends of the ice. I think if there's anybody who, you know, again, I don't know if there's anybody in the league that plays at both ends of the ice as good as this guy does. 
in my opinion. Now, again, McDavid kills everybody offensively. Well, well McDavid doesn't, doesn't have do to play to, defense because he just always has the right, puck. Right, exactly. It's not Right. <laughs> so a guy like Barkoff is so valuable if you look at what he's able to do at both ends of the ice. Now, Jonathan Hoberdu, I, I mean, again, even without – you know, Barkoff there because we, we do know he, he has some injury issues before. I mean, he's, he's missed some time, but uh, I mean, this guy still manages to put up just some phenomenal numbers again, and he can do it uh, just about with anybody at center. He is a line driver, much like Patrick Kane is, except he's not getting paid $10 million, right? I mean, he's only getting paid, uh, you know, that $5 million range. And so, um, you know, at $5.9 million, obviously his extension is going to come in next season, but uh, you know, it's definitely going to depend on what Barkoff. I feel like both these guys are going to basically pull a Kane and Taze where they're going to get the same contract. Um, yeah, Bar- Barkov is is three years younger, so that that'll probably right. factor in a little bit. But yeah, yeah I mean, so the term might not be the same for sure. You got to think they're going to both get more than Sam Reinhart, who's who. Oh, it's so funny <laughs> right? to see it like, oh, Sam Reinhart is making more money than Barkov. <laughs> right. Jesus. Yeah, Aaron so, Ekblad is the highest paid guy. I mean, outside of you know Bobrovsky, he's the highest paid skater on that team. And so that's, I mean, that just that cracks me up right there. I mean, you look at what these guys do, and there's a reason why I, I watch TSN and I look at you know who they're projecting for their their Canadian Olympic rosters, right? And so you got McDavid and uh, you know and McKinnon up there on their top line, but who's their left winger? Jonathan Huberger. Right, that's who they project to be next to this guy, just because of how good he is. He's got the speed, he's got the playmaking ability, and he can score goals. This guy is effectively a twenty-five to thirty goal scorer every year, without, you know, with or without Barkov there, he can still do it. All right, I I agree. Yeah, I mean, I those guys are worthy of being on this list. I I don't have them on mine, uh, but certainly Fair. they're they're incredibly effective players. I'm curious to see what their next deal looks like. That'll be the that'll be the, t- the the tell. Can they get them to another team friendly deal? <laughs> I don't know if they can do it. Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, hey, I think they're going to look across the street and look at Tampa Bay, and they're going to look at Braden Point and Kucherov and say, "We want those deals right there." And I think at nine point five million dollars with no state tax, that's I mean, that's eleven twelve million dollar deals right there. So see, I've heard more- I've heard from like a couple different places that uh, that that doesn't really. F- have that big of a factor because if a player does it right, they can basically avoid what would be the state tax amount, and and Fair. they can they can they can shuffle money. You know, I I, I don't their earnings to different years something where where they can essentially make that money back. Uh, okay, if they have the right person, you know, the right financial advisor, they they can which almost anyone in the NHL should be able to afford a decent financial advisor. Right. Uh, so I, I I wonder how much that really is just like kind of played up as like, Oh, we'll see. That's why, that's why we can't get these guys to sign for the same amount because they don't have state tax. But then you look at like Dallas doesn't have, Texas doesn't have state tax either. And they didn't get Jamie Ben on a team friendly deal. <laughs> so it's, it's not like, yeah, there's no sales. There's, you know, he wasn't taking a big, uh, a big dip there to sign in Dallas. I, I really, I think it's the organization. Like people are willing to go. Yeah, that's fine. I'll leave a million, two million bucks on the table to be able to to play for a great play. I mean, you think about even just just for ourselves. I mean, if you were if you're working at a company that treats you really well, they pay you. You're getting paid what you deserve. If if it was five percent 
less than what someone else could give you, you might be, you know, for the comfort and for the, for the knowledge of knowing that it's a great company to work for, you know, there are some like some benefits that maybe don't come through in a dollar amount, but they definitely come through in like a, a life mental health and all, and all the rest that comes with being with a really good organization or good company. Uh, so I, I think that that also plays a factor, not just the, the no state tax. Otherwise every place with no state tax would be signing their best players to beautiful deals and, and, uh, and it wouldn't matter, but they're, I mean, even, I guess the Predators, to an extent, have signed some players to team-friendly deals, but at the same time, Ryan Johansson is not a team-friendly deal. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll do uh, my number four. I've got Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, he's still got four years left at $8.5 million, and the guy was the frickin' MVP in 2020 without Connor McDavid. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> he, he is phenomenal. At $8.5 million, there's very few players that are better than he is making less money than him than him the only player that i can find is the player that i have at number three <laughs> okay other than that i think that he's the best player in his uh in his price bracket and it seems as though he's only just begun like i think this guy's still getting better i i love it and i can't disagree with you at all because uh i have him at number two for that reason okay. i mean all right yeah yeah, he, he's phenomenal. I mean, this guy, essentially, in my opinion, is a top-five goal scorer in the league as well. I mean, you throw him up there with the OVs of the league and, you know, the Austin Matthews. I mean, listen, three seasons ago, he had 50 goals. And, and I mean, didn't even – with 50 goals, didn't even really finish in the top five of Hart Trophy voting. Like, how does that even happen? Connor McDavid. Right? Exactly. That's why, right? So you've but, got but this he, overshadowing power. Yeah, he, he had to do it without Connor. Like, he had to show, okay, Connor McDavid goes down, and I'm still one of the world's best players. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially a, a Malkin-Crosby situation right. we right. had, you know, a decade ago where Malkin said, okay, well, I can still go out and win a hard trophy without yeah. Crosby in the lineup. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so you've got Dreisaitl at two. I've got him at four. Um, you had Crosby at, I think, six. And yep. uh, I've got him at two. So... Where our our lists are, you know, we've we've just got got a little bit of a shuffle. Um, I I wanted to say this about Crosby's deal. I know I know he's he's coming up on number two for me. Uh, one of the reasons why I look at this deal and go, dang, is he won two Stanley Cups with that deal. Like, there's not too many players go and look at their current deal and they have two Stanley Cups. Other I'll than give you that. other than uh, you know the Tampa Bay Lightning who just won two cups in a row, uh, right? So the fact that he is on such a, I mean, he's the best player in the league for, I you know of that deal starting in thirteen fourteen, which you know is this contract? It was is he the best player in the league for the first six six years of that deal? And then when finally you know finally it was like eighteen nineteen maybe maybe nineteen twenty was when it was like all right Connor McDavid is now better than him. <laughs> but right. Crosby still keeps like, even though the Penguins haven't had great playoff success the last three seasons, he's he's still been good in the playoffs. Um, whereas McDavid, not so much. So yeah, and there's, I will there's tell that you this, factor, right? If I was building a team today, even at 34, 33 years old, Crosby, I would still take him over McDavid right now. Wow, that's ballsy. Just because I, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, just but. because I know what now long term, right? No, absolutely. I would take McDavid because I know he's going to be so good for so much longer. But if I had one year, one season, one I would year, take Crosby. Okay. okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I like it. Um, 
All right. Who's so who you got sitting at number three? So number three, I again Barkoff and Huberto. I had them at a tie, so basically they took up the four number oh, three spots. Okay. So okay, I yeah. got you. I got you. So then your my number three is uh, Nathan McKinnon. Maybe he's your number one. Okay. Yeah, uh, McKinnon didn't make the list for me, unfortunately. Really, Nathan uh, I'm McKinnon? Just kidding. <laughs> Did, okay. <No. laughs> he, he's number one for me on this list, hands okay. down. All right. Yep, making yeah. six point three million for another two years. I mean, he is got to be worth the league maximum <laughs> like if right. he was making the league maximum it would be fine and he's making he has the 88th highest capped hit in the league <laughs> yeah crazy That's, uh, is that is nuts for what he brings to the table and uh and how how good he has been now he hasn't been I, i'll say he's been good but he hasn't been this good for the entire length of his deal Sure, I'll give you that. You know, he he's the, it's really the last four years he's been fantastic. Uh, the first two years of his of that deal, I guess, really it's just the first year of that deal. Then uh, he wasn't he wasn't the greatest. That sixteen seventeen season, he had fifty. He only had sixteen goals in eighty two games, and then he goes and rattles off thirty nine, forty one, thirty five, and twenty, and that was in far fewer games than uh, what you'd normally be playing. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I mean, can't argue with that deal. <laughs> that's, that's the sweetest sweetheart deal that you can find. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, that's why he's number one on my list. I think, you know, outside of that season, 16-17 was, um, let's just say, a season to forget with only 22 wins and 82 games. I mean, I don't think anybody on that team was 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 any good that year, I mean, he still managed to put up some some decent well, numbers. Well, it was but. it was after that year that he like he got that personal trainer that that he's had ever since, or his like strength yep. and conditioning guy and and his nutritionist, whatever. And and he says like he he can't lose that guy because that guy turned himself him around. Right. He credits a lot of his success to uh, to that guy. I don't know what his name is, but yeah, I mean, look you you look at you know Landis Gog at seven million, Ranton at nine point two five. It's clear to me that we're going to be talking 12 to $14 million from McKinnon on an extension next year, which is why outside of those two guys I just mentioned at the forward group, there's nobody signed beyond uh, next season. So, or not 2021, uh, I'm talking 22-23 season. There's no one signed beyond that. And even so, the two guys signed to that, you know, that that year are basically JT Confer and Tyson Jost who are, you know, at – Three point five and two million dollars. So um, there's going to be a lot of room. Uh, luckily, Eric Johnson's six million dollar cap it comes off the book. So there's going to be uh, a bit of room for them to to use some money here to get him signed long term. Uh, obviously, he's probably going to come in pretty close to McDavid, if not, you know, might surpass him as far as yeah, yeah, uh, just maybe because one we, of the highest paid players in the league. Yep, yeah, I, I agree. Um, now, okay, my he's your number one. Uh, who was your number two? So number two was Leon Draisaitl. Okay, okay. Yep. Uh, my number one may be the the strangest of them all, but I'll explain to you why I have him at number one. Uh, who do you think my number one is? You know what? Most people, I think, would probably look at it and say, "Oh, you know what? We're gonna go with uh, we're gonna go with Connor McDavid, right? Because yeah. he seems like the easiest person to pick out of the hat." That's and- that's who is my number one, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. Uh, okay. Based Please. on based on you know what what he is able to do and the amount of wins that he produced last year he 
he was at a, a 6.8 wins is what what you know his statistics pointed at that he produced by himself which the next highest is like 5.1 uh, and when originally when that when that system was created it it was created to have a ceiling of 6 wins for one person because it was thought that no one player could be responsible for more than six wins in a year. So it, it kind of broke the, it broke the, the formula essentially the mold, uh, what he is actually valued at, uh, or what he should be paid. If we're, you know, you take the average of the league and, and based on points per game and what have you, he should be paid about tw- just over $20 million a year. That's and he's making 12 and a half. So he's about seven and a half million dollars a year underpaid. And uh, for the next five years, it's likely that 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 could actually grow over the course of of that deal. Uh, so, I mean, he's unbelievable. He's he's. He's on a different chart than anyone else. Like, yes, McKinnon is one of the best players in the league. So is Austin Matthews. So is Leon Dreisaitl. So is Sidney Crosby still. But I don't, even Sidney Crosby was not this much better than the next guy at the, at the time. Like, there was always a like, oh, you know, who's, who's better, Crosby or, or Ovechkin? And Ovechkin wasn't that far away because of what Ovechkin could do scoring goals. But Connor McDavid is just, there's no one close. <laughs> There's no one even in the in the same stratosphere as Connor McDavid. And I think I think we're only just beginning to understand how good he is and and like how mind numbing his stats actually are. I mean, we're talking if you if you take what he did this last year and put it into perspective of, you know, the average goals per game and, and being able to like go through time and, you know, look at Gretzky's couple few seasons, five seasons where he had over 200 points and Lemieux's 199 point season. And you put all those together and Connor McDavid had like the third best season in the history of the league. Yeah. Better than a couple of Gretzky's 200 point seasons. Like that is how good this year was. And that is well, like, you know, when you watch Gretzky, Granted, I wasn't old enough to watch Gretzky in his in the craziness of his 200 point seasons, but you had to be thinking no one will ever do this again. And you know what? No one will ever score 200 points again unless the game changes drastically. But McDavid is is like for our time, he is doing what Gretzky did. He's putting up those numbers that are like, what? <laughs> How is this possible? And and because of that, there also is that level of like. There's so many factors as to why he is so valuable beyond even what he brings on the ice. I mean, financially and what he does for the game. Like when you have a LeBron James, a Michael Jordan, like a Tom Brady, the things that it does for your game, the marketability of your game is just it's not measurable. So I he he's just he should be he should be paid league max, no doubt about it. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. should be paid league max, and he's not. He's not even close to yeah. it. He's twenty five percent. He's seventy five percent of the league max. I can't argue with you. I mean, yeah, this this guy definitely should be paid, uh, you know, league max for sure. But to me, because he was the highest paid player in the league, it made it hard for me to put him on the list. Now, again, I can't argue with you wanting to put him on the list or even putting him at number one because, again, how freaking good he was this season at almost so close to almost two points per game, which I never thought I would ever see in my lifetime. Right. right? Right. I mean, 
No, like a hundred and sixty point season is it's like what? <laughs> yeah, I I know you you think about it right. Like when I I, I again never seen anybody put up one hundred fifty points you know since the early nineties in a season, but maybe we might. We might actually get it's that next be, year. It's going to be cray cray next year. Well, and but, and a lot of people talked about that North Division as like, well, you know, we got to play against some of these like eh, teams. I don't know. Like that Pacific Division is going to be so bad. I think, other than Vegas, like I think that they're going to be pretty. Everyone's going to be pretty mediocre. I think that he's going to rip that division apart. And then you know when you see a team over and over and over again, I think there's an advantage defense, not advantage offense. So the fact that he was able to keep like, yeah, you've seen me eight times this year. You still can't stop me. Like <laughs> you still can't figure me out because I'm too good. Like, whereas these teams that see him three times or two times, or yeah, I guess two times would be the, is generally the minimum. It, you don't even know you're not used to playing against them at all. So I, I think that it's only to his advantage to not have to play the same teams every night. Granted, yeah, he'll have to play against Tampa Bay. And are there some players that can match up with him a little better? Yeah. But he also gets to play the Red Wings, <laughs> the Blue Jackets, the Sharks. Like there's there's lots of bad teams. The the yeah, I mean the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> there's lots of teams <laughs> out there that he is going to feast on. And I'm here for it. I am here for it. Uh, any any final thoughts before we uh close out this episode of the best contracts in the NHL? Yeah, now what I will say, when we talk about McDavid and next season, I'm excited to see, because of what Winnipeg was able to do to him defensively and only keep him to four points in four games, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll see if other teams try to emulate that or if McDavid, McDavid throws up a giant middle finger and says, I'm still going to go out and put up 150 points. See you later. So. I'm, here for the, I'm here for a 200-point season. That's what I'm going for. Dude, I'm- love it. All right. Well, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be another show. The uh, predictions for the year. Well, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll get to that real soon. Uh, we're only it's crazy. We're only like one month out from training camp, so things are things yeah. are going to start moving here again. Uh, and and I'm I'm getting excited for it. We'll uh, we'll definitely have some more top ten lists out here for you soon. And until then, find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll hit you guys soon. <laughs>